Do you ever say yes when you mean no? Do you ever defer to others or allow their values to hold more importance than your own? Whether at home or in the workplace, having weak boundaries is costly. We're talking about how to define and hold boundaries and how to make those tough conversations easier and said with grace when people cross over yours. Welcome to Playing Full Out, where you'll discover tips to break through the personal and professional barriers in a hectic world that are preventing you from leading your optimal vision of life at work and home. This is the podcast for passionate life travelers and leaders who want to live a deliberate, confident, and fulfilling life and change the world while they do. I'm your host, Rita Hyland, and in each episode, we'll expose you to something new in the areas of passion, performance, and psychology that you can immediately apply to grow your life, love, and leadership. Hi, this is Rita, and today we're talking about boundaries. What are boundaries? Why are they important? How do we establish them? And what do we do when our boundaries are pushed? Boundaries are our yeses and our noes. They shape our destiny because our yeses and noes determine what we accept on a daily basis and what we don't accept into our lives, whether that's in our families, in our relationships, in our the organizations that we lead, and specifically in our homes. So whether we have weak boundaries or strong boundaries matters in determining the trajectory of our life and our success and happiness and fulfillment. The interesting piece on this is that despite their significance and importance, our society is not really that good at establishing them or holding them when someone crosses them. I think most people think of boundaries in terms of personal life, but I see it all the time in our workplaces as well. Last week, I had three clients in a row, that is three senior leaders at three separate companies, in essence, asked me a very similar question. Each began with a bit of a different scenario, but the gist of it was that a colleague or a management team or an ownership committee had asked the individuals to take on something that each of my clients disagreed with. All had different reasons. For one, the reason was that the team had addressed the problem to no avail before and that it was seen as an exercise in futility. The other felt that the team continually was getting off center and off of their focus and directives for the year. And the third was being asked to take an approach or follow a party line that he didn't agree with. All of these things crossed what these individuals felt was their boundary, what they valued, what they thought was was correct or right. But this was the thing, all these bright, high contributors and leaders at their respective companies all disagreed with these actions that were requested of them, but all of them said yes anyway. And I get this. I have been there too. These are these times when we find ourselves saying yes or agreeing to something that we don't actually want to do. It's when saying yes when we mean no. And we've all had those moments. They can be in our personal world when someone's asking us to do something, whether it's to go out to a dinner or to an event. And inside we're saying no. No, and what's coming out of our mouth is yes. The key here is to ask ourselves why. What what is happening that we feel we can't hold our boundary in these situations and do what it is that feels true and right for us? 
the obvious reason is that we want people to like us. We don't want to disappoint. We don't want to make people angry. And we don't want to enter or further a conflict that already exists. So what do we do? We abort. We let people step over our boundaries. And the cost is what's most important to consider. And specifically, and this is whether it is personal or in the workplaces, and I'm seeing it in the workplaces more and more, very smart people saying, I'm letting these people make the choices. I'm letting them step over my boundaries to direct me in ways I don't want and what happens is, is that in that moment, those moments, we're giving away our power. We are saying what they think is important or what they value is more important than ours because we don't have the courage or the grace in a conversation to say no. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And I'm going to show you some ways that you can do that because the worst is that we get become really resentful and bitter. And eventually it does show, or it becomes a retention factor at the companies. We get confused on what our purpose is and what is actually going to make, make us fulfilled. That goes and drips out into our family life when we go home. What happens is that we're out of integrity when we say yes and we mean no. Self-integrity means that you have three things in line that you're thoughts and your feelings and your actions are all consistent and congruent. And when one of them is off, it feels itchy, it feels yucky, and it depletes your energy. It's an energy suck. We weaken our relationship with ourselves. We really weaken our relationships with others. Again, our energy is drained. We become bitter and resentful. And I get this. Long ago, I was making the transition between my corporate life and my business. And I still had to work my day job until I was transitioning at night. I was building my company. But what would happen is I was inevitably being asked and requested or invited to evenings out. And what would happen is that I would have these acquaintances, not strong friends, ask me to support them with their struggles with something that I was tend to have a, a, a to be good at or that people saw me for and so I would sit usually Monday through Thursday and on random conversations out to dinner and I would come home at 9:30 or 10 depleted from having given so much and realize that I had done nothing to support or influence where I wanted to go or what I thought was essential. And I was getting ticked. I was angry and resentful. I started to look at these people like, how dare they ask me? It's audacious that they make these requests. And really, what I realized is that it was me that wasn't having the strength to say a strong no and hold up to my boundary that was causing the pain. What I think is key in being able to hold strong boundaries is that we know what it is that we stand for, that we know not just what we are against, but what we are for. I hear people say all the time, I'm against adding more to my client load. I am against doing the redundant. I'm against non-productive meetings. But what I hear missing is what I'm for. And this was, in fact, the situation with the three leaders that I was speaking to. And for one, for example, I got to a place, I was like, what would you replace that time that you gave your, you allowed to this infringement into your space, into your time, into what you valued? What would you be doing with it if you didn't let someone step over that boundary? So he had to know what he was standing for. And he wasn't, he didn't have perfect clarity on that. 
we got clear and we got something pretty succinct that I'm for creating an investment process that's cutting edge, gives time back to our service providers and improves the efficiency of things by 1231. That was easy. When you know what you stand for, when you know what's essential and important to you, it makes your decisions really easy. I had an example last night, which brings me to why I'm having this podcast today. I mean, I see them all the time where I have strong boundaries that actually show compassion and respect for my relationships. This is a small one. It was my eight-year-old who my husband's out of town. And so my eight-year-old was asking to get in bed and to sleep in bed with me. I have a boundary that no child sleeps in my bed. When he asked me, it's very easy decision. That is not acceptable. Nope. No one sleeps in my bed. So I don't. I can snuggle with you in your bed. I haven't done this for 15 years. When you know what you stand for, it's easy to make decisions. I think a lot of times we don't have that clarity and we don't haven't identified as Greg McCowan in his book, The Essentialist Lifestyle. It's called The Essentialist. In essence, we don't know what we stand for. So if you don't prioritize your life, someone else is going to do it for you. And you might not like the way they do it. The other boundaries that I have are how people speak to me and how my child speaks to me, how a husband speaks to me, how anybody speaks to me. And I I have conversations when people step over those lines that this doesn't work for me. This I know I've had a specific conversation with a family member where the family member said, I always talk to people like that. And this was early on in my relationship with my husband. And I said, I don't, this wasn't with him, but with another family member. And I said, I don't care who you talk to like that. It's not going to be happening in our relationship. And I love you. And I want the best for our relationship. And my intention of this conversation is that we enhance our relationship. And this isn't the way I I roll. And I think that some of that type of language that can be when, I, I mean, I go to an extreme of you and we see it in bullying situations. I witness it all over, whether I've been on airplanes, where I've said, yeah, this isn't the way, this isn't the way this is going to work. And I've got my eyes on you. And this isn't, it was a person who was not treating a, a flight attendant well. And I don't, I step in in those times. I, those are boundaries for me. You wrecking my peace is not acceptable. And I know that that is a boundary. So I'm able to hold that. I haven't always been like that. How do we move from being stressed out and struggling because we're not holding strong boundaries to committed to creating healthy relationships and allowing things to be easy? The first step that I would advise is to slow down. I always use a mantra that if there is doubt, then don't. I think I heard that from Oprah Winfrey like 25 years ago. But if you have doubt about something, don't say yes. Instead, request more time to reflect and get clear. One of my favorite Chinese proverbs is muddy water, let's settle, gets clear. I say that I'm committed to making sure that if I commit, that if I am committing to this, that I can do it. So I need to go back to my calendar, look at what I have, and then let you know. And by that time, I can go back to another series of questions that I often use to help me identify whether I'm in or out, or if this is a, what my boundaries are. One of those questions is, is this a true choice for me? Meaning, am I making this decision because I think I should or because I'm afraid someone won't agree or like me? And if it's the latter, then I ask, what is a truer choice? In other words, what's the most honest and authentic choice? 
Nobody wants you going to lunch with them because you think they need you. For me, it was a very ego-based thing to think that someone, I would say, oh, they need me to go to dinner with them. I had a mentor who was very strong and let me know that that was a very ego-based or mindset to come from and that the most respectful thing that I could do is to be honest and to be able to say with grace, which I'll talk a little bit about how we are able to have those conversations and pose the sentences that people seem to get them verklempt and keep them from saying a solid and strong no. Another thing that we can do, as I said before, is to know what is essential to you. In The Essentialist, a book written by Greg McCowan, he says that the key questions that you have to ask yourself is, if I could truly be excellent at only one thing, what would it be? And that by asking this question, you'll be able to decide your future decisions. Know what you stand for. Know what's most important that's right in your midst right now in the next three to six months. Make that your number one thing. And it will help you eliminate that which is not important to you as well as to hold the boundaries that you have for yourself. One of the things that I think that he's known for in this book isn't new. It's again, this the book is called The Essentialist, but it helps with in terms of, you know, when we hold boundaries, we're able to become more productive is one thing. But I also believe it really helps with our ability to be in, as I said, in integrity and fulfilled. But he says a very easy question to ask, is this a hell yes or a no? And if on a scale of one to a hundred, what you're considering is anything less than a 90 in importance to whatever you've identified as essential, then it has to be dropped. So again, ask yourself, is this a hell yes or no? I think Brene Brown's the one who said she had to realize that she was willing to experience three minutes of discomfort in order to not experience three hours, three weeks, or even three months of pain. That meaning agreeing to something that she didn't want, doesn't want to do. So how can we engage and be okay to be in the discomfort of allowing another people, another person to be frustrated, sad, angry with us and giving them back their power? to feel what it is that they want to feel about us. As I said, know what you stand for, not just what you're against. I know that I stand for going on date night every other week. So I know that I won't ever put something when asked. It's an easy no, that doesn't work. I've already got plans. So I I never go on more than two out two nights of a weekend. That's beyond my boundary. So it's very simple when I look at that. That doesn't work for me. I remember long ago when I started this thing about starting to hold stronger boundaries, and I was the ever persistent people pleaser. But when I started to get a feel that it was important to to have self-integrity, to respect myself, that my relationship with myself was just as important as my relationship with others, I remembered at lunchtime in my corporate environment, which drained and sucked the life juice out of me towards the end, is that I had to have lunch with myself to re-energize at least two to three times a week. And so I remember that I only had, that would mean I, 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 two or three days. It was, I think I had two days that I was by myself, three days that I would take lunch, lunch plans. And so people would ask me, I remember for lunch and I would say, mm, I, I'm, I'm booked out five weeks now. We want to get on the calendar. In a, in, in my old world, I would have said, if it's available, then you, you got it. I said yes to whatever. If it was, if there was an absence in my calendar, then that meant you could fill it. Today, and when I became stronger and having stronger boundaries, I look at and measure it by what feels true for me, what brings me joy, what keeps me filling my tank. 
And if you don't believe me or what I, what I say in terms of the value of having strong boundaries, something to think about is the research around this is that the American Psychological Association has recognized and measured that 50 to 58% of Americans identify with being highly stressed in their life. And a lot of this, I believe, is because we're not holding strong boundaries. We don't know what we stand for. We don't know what is essential to us. And we're taking on more than we need. I think that there is a belief that by its very definition, perhaps, boundaries mean eliminating something or limitations, that we're going to lose something, we'll lose others' happiness with us, satisfaction with us, respect of us. That very mindset prevents us from having our mouth show up to say a strong no. So shifting the mindset to understanding that boundaries actually have a closer alignment with freedom is important. Research shows that those who have strong boundaries actually are more loving than those who don't, and that who those who have weak boundaries, they have more space in their life to be able to show up and help people. I think of Barbara Bush. I had the opportunity to meet her some time ago. Holy cow. It was a gathering at my college, and it was an intimate gathering where she was to speak the next day, and I had an opportunity to be with her at a cocktail party, and there were th- she and one other man and I were standing with her talking She was so strong and knew her boundaries. The man said something that offended her, and he happened to be the man who paid a great deal to have her speak. And she stood there and looked him directly in the eye and said, that is completely out out of turn, and and said, that's the most inappropriate thing I've ever heard a man say. And I was, my face was ashen, but it was, this was probably 20 years ago too. One of those things that you love about Barbara Bush is that she is, she's direct. She knows what she stands for and she, she doesn't let a person step over her boundaries. It was, it's a, a a fabulous role model of, of what we're talking about here. I think when I heard at her funeral, they mentioned that the Secret Service had her name as Miss Tranquility. And it made me laugh. Obviously, it was a joke, but she was anything but tranquil. She made sure that she she knew where she stood and she had no inhibition about sharing it. She had what was most important, a third thing that we have to talk about, which is she was unhooked from others' praise or criticism. She was who she was. And I, as I said, call this taking back your power. Breaking the attachment to what others think about us is not always easy. But indeed, the reward is priceless. This idea, again, moving to a mindset that boundaries equal freedom, the freedom to do what is important to us, the freedom to be who we are, the freedom to be committed to a higher level of relationship. I'm really passionate about the understanding that things mirror us in life. So we get what we give. If we are lying or being insincere, or hiding, or holding back our own voice in a conversation, for example, in the workplace organization, we can be assured that the same is being done to us. Be the person that you want to be treated as. So operate from a capacity of 
I'm going to be transparent with you and I want you to be transparent with me. I say it all the time. Look, I'm going to be transparent with you. I want you to be transparent with me. And that establishes and sets up the relationship and allows me to hold boundaries and invites the other person to do the same. Perhaps one of my favorite questions in an effort to hold boundaries and to first identify perhaps what my boundaries are is to ask this backward way of going about it. Not just what brings me joy or what is my true choice, but what do I need to do or ask for in order to avoid being angry or resentful or bitter? It is our responsibility to say no when we mean no, period. And by knowing what will make us irritated, if we don't ask for it, we can start with that. We can begin to ask for what we want. I know when I'm working with individuals, what an equal energy exchange looks like. If I speak in terms of an equal energy exchange, I probably should explain a little bit more. To me, that means, if I haven't, if you haven't heard me talk about that before, it means I don't want to go to, for example, a dinner and feel drained at the end. In my house the other day, I have my teenager and I have given a lot of time and energy in terms of driving her for a couple of days and making sure she has the clothing that she desires and needs and that her needs are met. I'd ask for one thing and for seven days and it hadn't been done. She was stepping over my boundary. I make it clear to her and I communicate with her that that steps over my boundary. My verbiage and the way I would say that is that this isn't an equal energy exchange and this isn't working for me. I need this to be an equal energy exchange and I need this to adjust. How are we going to do that? When we are clear on that and can communicate with that, then we I don't then end up blowing up at her or becoming resentful or bitter because I'm overgiving. And I do, I see that all the time when I people that get really angry because they've expected something in return or they've given so much and the gift isn't really a gift if you're expecting something in return. Make sure then that you set yourself up and hold your boundaries so that you don't get angry and, and irritated and bitter. And that the best way to do that is for you to answer that for yourself. What will I need to do to make sure that I'm not angry, resentful, or bitter? I have some very senior clients that call at any time. They need me to be on call for them at times. This happened long ago. And so I was clear what I needed in order to not be irritated by them. I asked myself that question and I set up my my cost to be reflective of that. You have to understand that energy has many different forms. Energy can be money. Energy can be quality acts of service. Energy can be emotional support. There's many ways for for you to exchange energy with people. And it's an individual decision, but that responsibility lies with you to make that decision. So as a matter of course, I put my needs first. If my tank is not full, then I'm not going to be good for anybody else. I know that. Long ago, I was known for getting to Friday and becoming a, what was his words? A train wreck. That was it. (laughs) For a long time early in my marriage, I would give and give and give and just race and deplete and then become a train wreck. Because I let people step over my boundaries, I didn't have strong ones. Now I know that I have the most important thing is for me to take care of me. Some would call that selfish. I call it self-care. But being aware that there's nothing impressive about being busy, overgiving, and then becoming bitter. I think one of the things that people struggle with then is this next part of how do I say it? How do I communicate it? There are ways to say no 
And I'm going to give you a few of them. I think I said one of them before, which was that when we, before you ever commit is to, to not say yes, especially as you're learning to be able to communicate with grace and strong boundaries is I want to fully commit. So before I do, I'm going to look at my calendar and I'm going to confirm my availability. That's an easy one. That's easy. It takes you out. It helps you to make the decision. Then what do you do? How do you re-enter? You can say yes and no at the same time. Yes, I can do X, but no, I won't be able to have it until Y date. Or I like to how well you welcome vulnerably people into your world in the spirit of me keeping my commitment to complete Z on time. I can't accept that project. Or dinner isn't going to work for us in the next couple months. Can I go to an extra size class with you? Another authentic answer is I'm committing myself right now to, t- to a great amount of self-care and to taking care of myself in-, in light of me being depleted for the past few months. As a result, I help me by seeing how we can get together or talk on the telephone or whatever that is. Replace again a yes with a no. And then sometimes there's just things that need no. This doesn't work for me. This isn't, how are we going to make this so that it can work? My intention of this is is to make sure our relationship is of extreme importance and that it works for both of us. Let's look at how it, it can work. I heard a spouse say, say to her husband, I don't like your tone. I don't like how you're saying that. Can you rework that for me? Can you rephrase that for me? Those are those ways to hold boundaries. I think there were people laughing at me on Mother's Day. Boundaries for me are, I don't, I don't leave things up to chance. Now, certainly I have surprise gifts and surprise cards and flowers, but I was clear. I, I knew I didn't want to be disappointed that I didn't have enough time. I knew what I needed after a lot of um, giving the weekend before, uh, three to four days of it, that I, what I wanted for that next weekend so I was very clear. I was calling it the Mother's Day weekend and people laughed. It's not just Mother's Day, but it was, and I set it up. This is what I have a vision of. And I'm open to how you're going to to help you facilitate that, but I'm, I'm letting you know. I think it's important also to be specific with what it is we need, know what is important to us, know what is essential to us. I think it is really powerful. And perhaps that is what I do. And I teach people to do it all the time to One, take back your power and own that you have a right to choose and a right to use your voice and a right, whether it's with your family members or your colleagues, to again, to say that isn't working for me. I I can't accept that. It'd be irresponsible of me to agree with this in light of what I know. I also think it's really important in these conversations to, to not operate from emotion but simply from neutrality. It's what you know, it's who you are, it's what you stand for, can really help direct you and help to have an effective conversation and one that you can influence and be heard. I think I touched on when boundaries are pushed. And I think that they give us the opportunity to practice using our voice, to ask ourselves what it is we stand for. I think I've given some insight into how to, how to handle those conversations. I think the most important part is that know what you stand for is that, you know, I had one where there were family members who expected something for me. And I said, I don't work harder than you work for yourself. That's a boundary. I want for you. I care for you. And I just, I don't work harder than you. And I say it with love. I've also said directly that I'm not attached to what it is that you think of me. I'm okay if you like me and I'm okay if you don't. 
I love you and I, I'm open to you feeling whatever feelings you're feeling because you're going to anyway. And I'm going to give you the right to do that. I'm not going to manipulate you to try to think a certain way about me. That actually really honors the person and it honors the relationship. Those relationships that I've had those strong conversations with, with the intention of love behind them and with assuming positive intention of that individual have always strengthened and become some of my strongest relationships. I challenge you to know what it is you stand for and to ask yourself what three boundaries would support you in moving towards a more fulfilling workplace life or home life and to hold to them this week, whatever they are. Is it I stand for being home at six o'clock for dinner with my family, or I have a boundary that I exit the building at 5.30, or I have a boundary that I only do the things that bring me joy in terms of going out with people, or only go out with people that energize me as opposed to drain me. When you know that the decision-making becomes really easy, the stress and the struggle decrease, and your productivity obviously becomes improved. I look forward to hearing from you and any ideas you have on how you, in fact, hold your boundaries and those that have changed your life when you've held them. And I'll look forward to hearing from you and talking to you in our next podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Playing Full Out. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes for more tips, tools, and inspiration to leading the optimal vision of your life, love, and leadership. And remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the fullest version of you at play.